Welcome to another episode of the SRUC podcast. My name is William Ansell and I'm the Digital Manager at SRUC. And today I'm joined by Lorraine Johnston, who is SRUC's B Advisor for Scotland. She's been with us since Easter and it's a mainly educational post focused on B Health. Lorraine's post is funded by the Scottish Government and she's also working closely with the Honey Bee Health team at the Scottish Government. Lorraine, welcome to the podcast. Hello. It's now winter time and I guess one of the big questions people have is what do bees do in the winter? Yeah, a lot of people actually think that uh, honeybees hibernate but they don't. They actually um, are still pretty active in the hive. They, what they do is when it's sort of like be, the, t- the outside temperature gets below about 14 degrees, they start to cluster together. It's a bit like a, a, a kind of big group hug with the queen at the centre. So even though it can get really cold outside, the centre of the cluster remains at like 35 degrees. And that ensures that the queen's kept warm and any brood, any uh, brood that's in the hive is going to get kept warm and looked after as well. Um, the, the cluster is quite interesting because it, it can contract and it um, expand as well due to the weather. So if it gets colder, uh, if you think about it, if you, if you want to get warm, you go in a really tight cuddle. Um, and if you're getting a wee bit warmer, you'll kind of move move away from people. So th- that's basically what the bees do. And um, so the cl- the temperature in the hive in the cluster can vary. So at the centre of it can be uh, it's usually thirty five degrees, no matter what the temperature is outside. You know, it could be minus fifteen, and they will keep it at that temperature. And then. Um, the outside of the cluster could be about eight degrees, let's say. And what the bees actually do to keep it and regulate it at that is they they actually move from the outside in. So as soon as they're at the outside at the eight degrees, they sort of move in to the warmer part and the the bees from the centre will move back out. The queen always stays in the centre because they're looking after her. And she's the mo- well, she's the most important one at that time. And um, basically, the the bees all kind of face inwards, and their body hairs actually help regulate the temperature, keep them warm. And the closer you get to the queen, and the colder it gets outside, the bees will actually. Um, start to move their flight flex their flight muscles and that produces the heat in the in the hive as well as you know the clustering together to keep warm and their their uh, hairs on their body producing um you know those sort of like little insulation spaces for them um and you can quite often tell where the cluster is without even looking at the hive, looking inside the hive. You can look on the floor and you can see where the cappings are, where they've, um, you know, eaten, uncapped the, the honey and eaten the honey. And so you can get a rough idea of where uh, they actually are at the time. 
Um, some people use heat seeking um, devices to spot where the cluster is. Um, and, you know, these sorts of things can tell you that everything's okay, uh, the bees are alive without even having to go in, because you really don't want to open the hive unless you really have to in the winter. We tend to hope to, to leave them alone as much as possible. However, these days we sometimes get quite warm temperatures in the winter. Um, like just recently in uh, November, we've had some really, in October, we've had some unusually warm weather. And that may, means that the bees were able to go out, try and get some forage. They would need more food. Um, so they may have eaten the, some of the reserves at that time as well. So, you know, it, they, they also, when it's a little bit warmer, they will actually go out to defecate. Um, bees will not defecate in the hive. So they'll store that up until there's a, a nice, decent day. and they'll go out and fly out and, and do that outside the hive when it's a bit warmer. So they, they are quite busy still, just maybe just not flying as much as you would see them in the summer. And so with summer, with summer bees, I mean, you see them a lot in the summer. What's the big difference? I know with summer bees, they're going to be outside a lot more, but what's, what are the other differences between winter and summer bees? Um, summer bees um, work really hard uh, looking for nectar, water, propolis, pollen. And because they are like worker bees, the females are called the worker bees and they uh, work incredibly hard in the, in the summer. They only live six weeks. Um, whereas the winter bees are not out flying, not out gathering as much. And uh, they basically uh, are able to live six months. So that allows them to survive over the winter. Um, and obviously the, the queen reduces her laying in the winter as well. So there are not as many bees. Um, so for example, in the summer, if you've got a really good strong hive, you could have 50 to 60,000 bees in one hive. But for winter, the, the drones get kicked out before winter so that they don't have to feed them. So that's the boy bees, um, if you like, the male bees. And uh, the numbers reduce. Um, but the winter bees actually, um, they are slightly different in that their their fat bodies are, are a bit bigger. They uh, are not using as much energy as the summer bees. And they've got something called low juvenile hormone, which allows them to, um, it's like they sort of, last longer than the summer bees and they're not flying they're doing less work they age slower um they're feeding brood but they do need a lot of stores so it's really important for the the bees to have enough food over the winter and what does a beekeeper need to do for their bees in the winter what do they need to keep in mind well Following on from that, you need to be really well prepared for the winter and make sure that the, the bees have enough food to get them through. So uh, you're looking at about 20 kilograms of food to uh, last uh, through the winter. Um, but that can vary. Like, for example, this year with us having a, you know, 
a really warm October and November, the bees have been eating a lot of their stores, so that might have reduced. So we might have to check on the bees. What a lot of beekeepers do is they heft their hives, so they kind of pick them up at the, the sides and feel how heavy they are. And if it's feeling light, they know that they might have to feed them again. So in the autumn, they're fed um, what's called a, a two to one sugar syrup mix and uh, or inverted bee feed. And that gives them enough storage, hopefully for the winter. Um, but like I say, if uh, there's been, it's usually when the weather's variable, you know, when it goes warm and then cold and then warm and then cold, the bees will need a lot more food. So what um, beekeepers do is they will check on the feed to make sure they've got enough. They also have other preparations. So for example, if you've got wooden hives, um, they tend to need mouse guards on them. So this is like a piece of metal where um, the holes in it are nine millimeters. Um, so a mouse cannot get in, but bees can get out. Um, we also need to sometimes uh, look at protecting them from other um, creatures like badgers and things or woodpeckers. Um, but we also need to ensure that the, the hive is ventilated. A lot of people think that insulation is the problem and, you know, you need to keep the bees warm. But remember I said that, you know, at 35 degrees, the bees are keeping themselves warm. Whereas actually what we need in a hive is ventilation so that it doesn't develop damp, um, which actually is more troublesome to uh, a hive in the winter. So having the Varroa mesh floor um, insert removed is important. Having the entrance fully open but with a mouse guard on is really important. Some people do top ventilation and put a little matchstick on, but um, I don't feel that personally for me that's not, not needed. Um, some people do insulate their hives um, by, for example, putting um, something in the roof. Some people wrap them. Um, but again, it depends on what sort of hive you've got, whether you need to do that or not. I've got a mixture of wooden and poly hives. And in the wooden ones, I will put, um, you know, some insulation in the roof there. But in the poly ones, they keep them quite warm and toasty anyway. Um, so I don't bother with uh, any insulation for those types of hives. But the bees are good at what they do. And it's just about keeping an eye on them over the winter. And you touched on this briefly, but what, what do you, I, I'm curious, what do you feed a bee in the winter? Well, it's really quite interesting. Um, it's been traditional um sort of idea to feed the bees fondant on Christmas Day. So you know the fondant on your Christmas cake? Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, icing. Yeah, yeah like, like icing, yeah. Yeah, right. So it it has to be proper um, fondant though that you would get from a beekeeping supplier or a baker. It, it can't have any additives in it such as, you know, food colouring or anything like that. You can't give them red fondant or anything. Um, but they traditionally would put that on at Christmas. Um, these days with climate change and the weather being so variable, um, it depends. And like 
I mentioned before about hefting the hive. If the hive feels light, then you would put the fondant on top, usually on top of the frames for the bees to eat. I tend to actually put a little bit of old queen excluder um, underneath that so it because fondant sometimes when it gets too warm it can drip and cause problems so I tend to put something under it so that the bees can still get it but it won't drip out so much um, but you you need to put that over the cluster so it, it can take as little as 20 seconds because you don't want to open the hive for too long lift the crown boards put the fondant on uh, or some people put it on top of the uh, crown board. Um, I certainly do, but beekeepers have different ideas about how they, they want to do this. But um, put it over the cluster if you can, because if you end up putting it away from the cluster, the bees will not get to it. And there is a risk of isolation, starvation. So if the bees are tightly clustered in the bottom left-hand side and the food's in the top right-hand side, they're never going to get to it. So you do need to make sure that you, you can put it over the, the cluster like that. Um, and basically, if you're worried about the bees not having enough food, check that every few weeks to see how they're getting on with it and you could you know you don't you just lift the roof off have a quick look replace it if you need to and and what is it important to remember for the bees health through winter um something I'm, i i forgot to mention earlier was um you do also in the autumn to prepare for winter you need, need to treat for varroa and there are lots of different um, medications out there. You have to use something that's approved by the veterinary medicines group. And basically, there there is a lot of choice, but some things are um, not that effective in Scotland due to the temperatures. But what a lot of people do in autumn is they use a miticide um, that they put in in autumn and take out um, 10 weeks later and that helps actually reduce the varroa in the hive. You also want to make sure that um, you, you know the bees are as strong as possible, um, that there's plenty of bees in that hive as well. Okay, and you mentioned pests earlier on, um, like mice. Um, is that a pop? Is that a, and and I think you mentioned badgers as well. Are those popular predators then for bees? Um, the badgers aren't really predators, if you like. They they'll maybe um knock over a hive. Mm -hmm. That that would be the problem with them. Um, and that's bad enough anyway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah a, a knocked over hive can actually cause you all sorts of uh, problems and issues. Um, but it could be any animal that, like, we've we've had cows get in our apiary before and they're obviously a lot bigger. They, they don't intend to, but they, they could easily knock the hive over. So, again, another thing that a lot of beekeepers do to prepare for winter is make sure that they're strapped up. They've got um, bricks on the top of them. They're secure, um, not just because of the animals, but because of the bad weather as well. So if you've had a, a period of really bad weather where there's high winds, um, 
you know, a lot of rain, you maybe want to go and check the the hives in your apiary to make sure that they're still standing. Um, there have been cases I've had in the past where they have got knocked over either in the wind or by um, an animal. And if you get there quick enough, you can actually save them. Um, whereas if, you, if they're left for weeks and weeks, they'll likely die. So checking on them after bad weather is a really good idea. Making sure your apiary is secure is a good idea. Um, and we don't really have uh, many woodpeckers in our area, but a lot of people in Scotland that do will put chicken wire around the around the hive to stop them getting, like picking the wood and into the hive. The mouse guards prevent mice and rats getting in because again, they will just decimate the hive. Um, so all these things are, you know, it's not like beekeepers sit back and, and do not very much in, in the winter. They do need to go and check, not as much as in the summer, like in the summer you do it every week. Um, winter, it varies depending on the need, the weather, the food. And you mentioned you mentioned varroa and um, how how you treat your bees for varroa in winter. Um, is there anything else a beekeeper needs to do in winter in addition to the managing varroa? Yeah, um, in winter again, it's quite often traditional in December to treat uh, the bees with an oxalic acid product. So again, you have to have one that's approved by the veterinary medicines directorate. So. The, the types of um, oxalic acid that you can use are called apiboxyl, oxyvar, oxyb, varroa med. And the safe, probably the safest, easiest, quickest way to do that in winter is to use what's called the trickle method. So basically, um, and again, you do this as quickly as possible. Um, we've just had a really big cold snap and that can often mean that the the hive is is broodless. The queen's not, you know, she stopped laying for a while. There's no brood to look after, and that's when you should use these products. And again, like I said, that it's usually December, but it could be um, any other time. You know, a quick look in between the frames can tell you if um, they're broodless or not. Um, but usually after a cold snap like this, um, you're kind of looking for um, temperatures, depending on the product you use, temperatures between three and five degrees to, to treat them. And basically you get the, the product, mix it with sugar syrup and trickle it onto the seams of the bees, not onto the frames, onto the actual bees themselves. And that spreads around the bees and gets off what are called the, the phoretic mites. So the mites, when there's brood, usually breed in within the brood. Um, but in the winter, when there's no brood, they will be on the bees. So this is a good time to treat, for, uh, treat with oxalic acid products. Um, and just to say it's really important as well whenever you're using varroa medicines that you keep a varroa medicine record for and you're meant to keep that for about five years 
So it's really important to treat for varroa because uh, you could get parasitic mite syndrome. Um, it weakens your bees. They're more susceptible to uh, diseases like um, deforms wing virus and so on. So, and, and we've been hearing how bee numbers are reducing, so that's more important than ever, isn't it, to keep on top of these kind of things like pest control and um, treating It is, although honeybee numbers aren't reducing as much as uh, you would think because of the numbers of people keeping bees, but we don't. what we don't want is for those people who are keeping bees for the, their bees to die out um, yeah. because of disease and illness. Fantastic. And so um, I guess I guess that that takes us up to the end of like, you know, what kind of questions I had around like, you know, the winter beekeeping and what's involved in it. It's fast, absolutely fascinating. What do you think the key messages are then for uh, beekeepers, amateur beekeepers in the winter, professional beekeepers? In the winter? What do you think are the really key things they need to know? I think the key things are making sure you've got like uh, a really good site. It's that you, you've not got your bees in a frost pocket. They're facing the the winter sun uh i think um making sure that they have got enough feed is really important um what else i was thinking about that you've got them treated for varroa that's going to help them get through the the winter um I, I would specifically as well bees tend to actually survive quite well over the winter it's when the, their food stores are low in sort of February, March, April. So keep a check on them during those times. Um, make sure they're secure um, and get ready for the season coming up. Beekeepers are often busy cleaning frames, building, um, painting, learning, keeping themselves busy in the winter with other tasks. Almost as busy as the bees themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Lorraine, thank you so much for your time today and um, look forward to having another chat with you about bees in the new year. Um, so keep your ears open for another episode in the SIC podcast looking at bees with Lorraine um, and we might even try and get some guests on as well to have a chat with us. Um, but thank you so much, Lorraine, for your time today. Brilliant. Thank you. Enjoyed it.